Hey guys, it is the Tuesday podcast. Hey everybody, it's Tuesday. Uh, we, we are talking to Chris Andrus from Mitten Brewing. He and I have been friends for a long time. And for those of you who are old school Eric fans, this goes all the way back to Radio X days is when he and I first struck up our friendship. And he and Max over at Mitten, along with their staff, are doing just just incredibly inspirational things and I wanted to grab him for 15 or 20 minutes in between the bedlam that is running that business right now and catch up with him so I hope you enjoy this Uh, he and I had a lot of fun just catching up for a couple minutes and I want to share that with you so this without further ado Chris Andrus from the Mitten on the Incredible Halt podcast there are aspects of my personality that I can't control don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when I'm angry the Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. How are you? Good, how are you? I am, you know, hanging in there, dude. Um... One, I, you know, I think I think what started as a, a day at a time has turned into like fifteen minutes at a time, right? Like achievable increments, one hundred percent. So, Chris, obviously, you and I have had a friendship for what feels like decades at this point, point. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've been doing these podcasts to check in on my friends and see how they're doing. And you were obviously high on my list, but I didn't ping you earlier because you were busy changing the world as you do. Um, I, no, no, no. I like I. I want to start here because it's one of the things that not only myself but the entire West Michigan community admires about you and Max is the the stuff that you guys have been able to do. I mean, if I just rattle off the top three things that you've been able you you fed school kids, you know, at at one point. I don't know if you're still doing that. What you know, you figured out a way to create grants to pay the employees you had to lay off. You've kept the business open and you know, you guys have just done an incredible job during this. And so I wondered if you might spend a minute or two doing something that you're super uncomfortable with, which is talking about yourself. Um, but like, what is it about you two that we're able to look at this and pivot as many times as you did? You made hand sanitizer, like your ability to pivot again and again and again within the 30 or 45 days that we've been doing this is nothing short of absolutely incredible thank you you know it's uh it's extraordinary times obviously and i think it's forced all of us in the service industry to really look at how far does service go how much do we you know it can't just be serving a community because when the community is gone or when everything changes how do we continue to survive so max and i we talk relentlessly every night you know in between bouts of freaking out about our business <laughs> What can we do, A, to, to serve the community uh, right now and, and make sure that people remember us when we do come back to full operations? And suddenly we have a lot of time on our hands and necessity being the mother of invention, we started to think about from the inside out, like what was our school need? You know, when the school shut down, I, like everybody, got that text in the middle of the night or early in the morning from the superintendent. And... I made some calls and I thought, what can we do to bridge this gap between now and whenever they're going to get school lunch figured out? And for 40 pizzas, which is really a small investment on our end, we went down there, set up a table. And, you know, before I knew it, news crews were there. It was crazy. This story blew up, but it inspired a lot of other people to do it as well. And before you know it, there's all these different solutions uh, in place for students to eat. And, and, and now there's mobile 
distribution centers and everything. I'm not saying I had anything to do with that, but I don't know. I, I feel that uh, everyone's stepping up and filling gaps that they see. And it's my job to demonstrate what can be done, maybe a possible solution and see who else sees it that way as well. And one of the, I would agree there are, there are plenty of other solutions that have sort of manifested out of this. But one of the things that I've always admired about you two is your ability to take the leadership position in this and just go, I don't know, fuck it. We'll make 40 pizzas and see if we can fix this for a minute. And if we can do it tomorrow, awesome. And then, you know, if somebody... entrepreneurship, though. That's, you know, that's seeing a better mousetrap. How do we do it? How do we take a risk? Even if it's, you know, we always talk about giving is losing. We just talk about these things. And I had... You know, my book had just come out right before this catastrophe hit. Right, like two days, literally. Yeah, like, it was for the book yeah. sales. But uh, it, it, I saw an opportunity to put into practice a lot of the stuff I was talking about. You know, uh, prove that giving isn't losing. How can we uh, survive and thrive at the same time? And how can we think outside of the normal box of what we do? You know, most of what I do on a daily basis has nothing to do with beer and pizza. It may be the vehicle by which it's executed, but I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling really confident in my entrepreneurial skills right now. And I feel like this is a moment for entrepreneurs to step up and say, listen, my normal operations are, <laughs> they're screwed. How do I go on? How do I continue to build a business? How do I continue to build new ideas? And there's so many opportunities now. I mean, it's, it's a terrible time to be alive, but it's a great time to uh, show each other that we care about each other and find new ways to do it. And you and I talked in October of last year when I, I had an early version of the book that would become Donation, right? Uh, I'm wondering if you might be willing to share some of that mindset because you are right. There is a ton of opportunity and, and you hear everybody from PJ Fleck to pick anybody from history who will say, you know, crisis is a, a moment of opportunity if you look at it that way. However, you're not seeing that as a universal concept at this point you know, fear and trepidation and sheltering in place and, and being scared is kind of the, the mode we're in right now. And I'm wondering if, if you might share what makes you and Max able to like to do that, to get to shut down the amygdala for three seconds and go, OK, let's fix something first. Then we can worry about the scary stuff later. Well, you have to go through this mourning process of you're seeing your own ego and your plans crushed. Right, which they were. We were planning our business for the spring and summer, and that seems like such a far away memory now. Um, but I don't know. We just break it down into the way we always have: is is we're a neighborhood company. What needs of the neighborhood is the neighborhood experiencing right now? And uh, and I, I know I talked about this before. I talk about it in the book a lot too. I I feel like we need to do good things and share good things, and not be afraid to to take the credit and, and to do things that cause um, news coverage and these kind of things because it inspires other people to do it. And I don't know, but we have a platform here at the Midden. Everyone knows us. and It would be a shame to let that go to waste. And we think about everything from our platform. What can we do? What can we most effectively roll out uh, with our name, with our product? And everything, I guess, kind of starts there. And that's how we got to the schools. That's how we got to the police department with our neighbors at Long Road making sanitizer. Just think about what we do every day and how can we how can we pivot it. It's really, I don't know, it, it comes natural to us because we've been doing it for so long. Sure. And I really did feel an obligation to prove some of that stuff that I, that I talked about in the book. Well, and what, you know, and, and what's what was fascinating. So my wife and I have Wednesdays and Saturdays for as long as as long as there's income coming in. We've been eating out, like trying different restaurants, obviously. And you are in the rotation and 
I saw probably the coolest thing I've ever I've seen through the entire coronavirus happened when we were I was picking up pizza at the midnight on a Saturday night and we're standing in the line that you guys have set up. They're calling names out, but out of the corner of my eye, right? So you obviously know where that is for, for everybody. It's off the street a little bit and sort of tucked kind of into the parking lot, right? But out of the corner of my eye, there's a gentleman walking down the sidewalk and he gets past your like patio area and he slows down and he looks and he sees this line of people and he has like the biggest grin on his face, like this, this moment of pride that like this business is doing something important. And then he just keeps, he hadn't, he wasn't ordering, he just kept going. And I went, shit, man, like, tell me a brand that doesn't want that moment to happen. You know, where that's he- my guy, that's the guy who I'm, who, you know, I always have in my mind when we, when we figure out these win-win things is who's going to notice, you know, and who's going to take it and tell 25 people. He may not have ordered a pizza, but I'm sure he told people. You know, one hundred, but and it got, I got the sense that it was sort of part of his ritual at this point to see what you guys are doing to make sure that, that that's maybe his version of new normal right now. Is is Mitten sure. still making an impact? Cool, like the world should be okay for a couple more minutes. My dog and I are going to keep going, right? Yeah, that warms my heart to hear. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the book. Right, it came out. I don't know seven seconds before. <laughs> <laughs> a global pandemic, but uh, but I will I will say this, and I said this when I I had a chance to talk to you last fall, guys. This book is important, and it lays out a clear cut case of how not only you can navigate through a normal world to make a huge impact in your community, but as I laid out 20 minutes ago, it lays out the foundation how you can do that right now. When ever it looks sure. like literally every card is stacked against you, or every deck is stacked against you, right? Um, that's the time. And that's I talk about in the book. That's the time to differentiate your company. You know, you, you think that giving is, is a, f- a factor of when we're having fat times, you know, right. Money's good. Sales are good. Let's, let's dispose of a little bit of it and do a good thing. Now's the time to build it in your business as a core value and not something you do with leftovers. And, that, and that's, we're a small company. Uh, and we've given away, you know, three quarters of a million, I'm sorry, a quarter of a million dollars plus probably over $300,000 now. And, uh, we found a way to do that. And, and the book was about teaching that and instead of just doing the things that everybody does, a lot of great entrepreneurs turn around and make really chicken shit choices when it comes to giving because they see it as losing. This is zero, this uh, scarcity mindset. Sure. And, and I, I wonder if that mindset that you have though, gives you a little bit more fat in the winter, so to speak, where you're able to weather some of this maybe better than no doubt. You know, others in your space because you have built a business model that allows doesn't doesn't have this scarcity because the scarcity is going out to the community so you can live on less because you're like I said, you've, you've got a chance to kind of weather the storm better. Sure. And I, and I fully believe that the reason we're keeping our head above water right now is because of that goodwill we spent seven years building. I, I talked to a lot of people and, and yeah, we're doing 60 percent of what we normally do, but that's it's pretty good. That is, it, it is good. And, and my, you know, my wife and I were talking about, and I don't think a lot of people, I really don't think a lot of people understand what you guys are going through from a mathematical standpoint. And I, I was watching a pod, a video podcast that Barstool Sports was doing with um, Joe from Bar Rescue, uh, whose name yeah. escapes me, right? But he, he laid out this uh, John Taffer. John Taffer, there you go. You know, yeah. he, he, he lays out this mathematical problem that, I really wanted to not only share while I had you, but just kind of put out there so people understand what you guys are going through and that 
in the peak, bars can move 100 to 150 drinks an hour. There is no way on earth you can deliver that in an hour. No way yeah. on earth. And so... It's a complete reimagining of how you do business. Yeah, well, not only a, cre- create, you know, a complete reimagining, Chris, but you've got to actually figure out how to make up. To, to your point, if you're at 60% capacity, the longer this goes, you've got to keep that 60 up just to kind of keep your head above water. And that yeah. pace can be a lot on the staff that's still there. And so give people kind of a sense of what, what this what this like trench warfare is like when you're trying to, you're doing it like this. Sure. It broad strokes, you know, yeah, like I said, it's 50 to 60% of what we normally do, but that money comes in in a two hour window. Now it's totally different. <laughs> so nobody gets takeout lunch, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're, we're doing a good amount of business, but you should see this place between five and eight and seven o'clock. It is bedlam. The phone's ringing off the hook. We got four, we got this cloud-based system where four phones can ring at the same time. And you know, we're trying to do our best, but it, even we, we get our asses kicked during dinner. And, and it's great. We're fortunate for that, but it, it, it's hard on the, the staff. And, uh, you know, we're already down to such a small fraction of the staff we used to have. And I want to make sure everybody's happy, you know, even when they're getting their asses kicked. So um, Max and I, I don't know if anybody tuned in, but we did this stupid 12-hour telethon yes. on Facebook Live. And uh, our customers are really generous. We raised, you know, almost $5,000. We, we did a bunch of stupid stuff. We uh, did drunk history of the mitten. We, you know, did dad jokes. We did all these, these corny things. We had staff on playing music and everything. And we were able to give every furloughed staff member a cost of living grant and some small grants for the staff we do have still working. Plus, we were able to raise the hourly wage, $2 an hour for everybody that worked here. Um, and I think that's, that's gone a long way toward keeping the team happy because I need to have a, a, a happy team every day, but especially when this is over, right? How to get back to full employment all of a sudden, yeah. uh, I make sure everyone's rooting for this company, rooting for me still when this is all over. And you know, that's the thing that, that I've been talking to a lot of business owners about is that when you're down to this core, not, not core group by election, meaning like you've cut it down to what you can operate and and then willing to show up yeah and then you know and then you're operating at full tilt for three hours a day in what you would do in a normal saturday when this is all over you've got to figure out a way to avoid burnout not only in hospitality and restaurants but even in more traditional business settings where they're working from 6 a.m to 2 a.m because there's you're in your house there's no there's no break and so this this idea of burnout is something that people are thinking of how are you outside of the the wage increase and, and the grants and that stuff how else are you, you kind of keeping the team motivated um my my mindset for everything is to lead with my heart and do the right, right thing you know it, i'd rather work fewer i'd rather be open fewer hours than stress the staff anymore that we have so we keep contracting the hours trying to keep our essential services in there uh while making sure it's worthwhile for everybody who does come in and and to decrease that burnout but I don't know whether it's giving in the community, whether it's doing that stupid telethon, whether it's any of the stuff we do on a daily basis. It's about uh, proving value to our stakeholders, which is our staff and our neighbors. And uh, me, it's about building a company that they want to work for, even when it's tough. And that, that, uh, that's been my mantra. And I think it's uh, getting us through. Certainly we're, we're fighting our way through. And that's what I always try to keep in mind, whether I, no matter what we do, no matter what policy or idea we come up with, I'd rather lead with my heart because the path will twist and turn. You'll you'll get to a stranger place because of it. Maybe not one you expected, but at least you know you got there for the right reason. 
you started with the right intention in mind. And so how are you doing? This has to be a tremendous stress on you two. Like, how are you guys doing? Uh, it's tough, man. Uh, Max and I talk about it all this time, this inexplicable chest pain that you carry around all day, the insomnia. Um, and I, I try not to you know, dwell on that too much or, or make, I, I, I'm assuming none of my staff wants to hear about how hard it is for me. It's hard for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very real thing. It's a physical thing. And I'm so used to just getting in and plowing forward, you know, uh, no matter what, that sometimes my body sends me signals that my brain isn't picking up on. So uh, I know it's the same for Max. We both had these inexplicable ailments that we realized are just stress building up and waking up at three o'clock in the morning. Fears, am I going to lose my house? You know, all this, all this kind of stuff that you never, that two months ago, I never even would imagine was on the horizon. But then you come in, you see people working, you talk to people, you get back in the rhythm, and it, it feels a little bit better. I know it's for me, it's that time at night. Yeah. When it's dark and all the, the bad thoughts creep in. Uh, just keep telling myself it's temporary. And then, like you said, small increments, just stepping forward a little bit at a time. It's hard. It's impossible to think a week ahead of time now because, I mean, what no. does the world look like in a week? From yeah, now? no. I, yeah, right. I mean, it's literally impossible to think like that because it doesn't it doesn't work like that. We, I mean, yeah, yeah it's it, which makes doing business on any level next to impossible. Yeah. I mean, we were doing our telethon when the governor's order came down to close restaurants. It, we were live on the air. And so I knew we knew it was coming. But and again, I don't. Uh, I don't harbor any ill will about that. Like there's, there's no winners here. There's no losers. It's, uh, it's biological. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's tough to, uh, to keep going forward. But, but what else is there? You know, I, I don't know what else we could be doing other than rolling with the punches and doing the best we can. And honestly, it, it, this sounds uh, sadistic, I guess, but it's really made me find that entrepreneurial excitement. And how do I, how can I beat this? How can I, use this as an opportunity to uh, to flex that risk-taking mindset. I don't think that sounds sadistic. I think that sounds how a lot of people are approaching this. There is there is no, you know, it's the it's the throw quote, right? The only way out is through. You have to go through this. Um, yeah. There There is no skirting around it. There is no waiting it out. I mean, the worst thing you could do is wait it out. I think that's literally the worst plan right now. Uh, yeah. and, and fight feels to me, because I feel, I mean, I'm not running a business the way you're running a business, but I, you know, I'm running my own home and worried about the same things you're worried about. And I get up every day and go, yeah, it's time to fight because yeah. I don't, I don't have a, I, we don't have a choice. You don't have a choice and I don't have a choice. What do I, want my, I don't want my kids to remember this time as they were scared and that no. you know, their parents crumbled and all this. You know, I always have that in my mind. I want to project normalcy to them and, and that the, when the chips are down, you, you fight through it. Obviously you don't do anything reckless or stupid, but if there's a chance to fight through, fight. As you've been doing, my friend. As you've been doing. Been trying anyway. <laughs> so uh, I, th I think, you know, dude, if you, if you spend four minutes on the internet, you can find bad stories about restaurants everywhere. Okay. So I, I, I think you're doing pretty well, dude. Yeah. Well, honestly, I, that's why I think the more uh, good things we can do, the better and the more we should talk about them because it's nothing but that out there. And you see how uh, a really great positive story cuts to the quick right away. It goes to the top of everyone's feed because everyone's craving for it, everyone's hungry for it. And uh, it's, it doesn't cost us anything to try new things and uh, to just, I don't know, lean out that way. 
and I, and I think they're hope they you know they're searching for hope and they're searching for optimism and like I said it's it's easy to find the bad stuff it's literally yep. everywhere it's all of Twitter it's all of Facebook it's fifty yep. percent of Instagram right because it seems to lean a little bit more positive but uh, <laughs> you know it's it's literally everywhere and so when when you're able to do what you guys are doing which it, again is just incredibly inspirational um you. you know and and it's fun to see the back and forth between you and jenna at amore like that sort of you know camaraderie is is helpful because i think again that's the other way we do this we do this together we don't do this you guys can't do it by yourself yeah honestly one of the best things to come out for this jenna if you watch this is my little chats with jenna on messenger because it's just so great to see someone else to be able to uh empathize with somebody else who's going through the same thing and jenna She's my restaurant hero, no doubt. She looks like she's got it all together. She's harboring the same fears yeah, yeah. as everyone else. And that was so unbelievably, I don't know, relaxing for me to hear that she was going through the same stuff, but canoeing through it, you know, just like everybody else. All right, my friend, you've, you've got plenty on your plate, so I didn't want to take much of your time, but I did want to check in uh, as, as things sort of chilled out for a half second. Chris, if people want to, you know, learn about the hours and help slam your staff for the three hours that you're making 612 pizzas, uh, you know, what's the, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Uh, mittenbrewing.com and, and uh, our Facebook and Instagram. We pretty much roll out all the weekly specials and everything we're doing. And before we go, I just want to tell you that you are one of those sources for me for positive content, personal betterment, that kind of stuff. So keep doing what you're doing, too, because uh, I get a lot out of it and I'm always checking you out online stalking your your <laughs> podcast and your uh all your sage advice so thank you for that well thank you my friend uh i love you be well be safe say hi to the family and we will talk soon and you and i will have a beer when this is all over i can't wait all right brother see ya thanks everybody.